0: Good morning. good morning. Hopefully everybody dried out from yesterday. Or at least Ken and James and Hunter. Hunter, did you ever dry out? Still wet? Hunter was struggling yesterday evening. Um, I, I do want to say thanks to, again to everybody. I just want to echo what everybody else said a while ago. It, it was it was good. I mean, uh, I mean I, to start with Ange, I just appreciate her minding the Lord because that was a uh, that was something he laid on her heart to do. I know we've all been praying for for the family and for Ethan, and, and don't stop there. Like he said in, in our lesson this morning, pray without ceasing. Uh, don't stop. Don't stop praying. Uh, but I appreciate her mind the Lord and the church uh, agreeing to to host and and to do all that was done yesterday. Um, it was it was fun. I mean, really, it was. It, I know there's a lot of work, a lot, a lot of stirring going on, Judy, back here in the back, and uh, a lot of. You know, a lot of eggs cooked and, and broke, and Andrea over there, I don't know, you've done everything. <laughs> she she was there for her. Uh, But everybody had a hand in it, and it was uh, it was just good, good fellowship. I mean, it really was good fellowship, and I appreciate everybody that uh, that came out and supported and had a hand in it as well. Um, I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, and they had to cancel it because of weather, uh, but they are going to do another prayer walk uh, this Tuesday up at Freedom Trail. So if anybody is out and about at 7 o'clock, um, and wants to join us, uh, 7 o'clock Freedom Trail. We're going to walk the middle school and elementary school. Um, from what the principal said Friday, is it's starting to get a little rocky again, a little rough. I don't know what's going on. What, Sage, what are you doing over there? Uh, it's, it's, so they've asked us to come back, you know, and, and it is an honor. I mean, serious guys, for a principal to call and, and ask uh, to have prayer in, in the, in the uh, school, that's an honor for us as, as a church so if you can be there at seven it'd be great if not pray where you're at and pray without ceasing um I w- i'm gonna ask this because it's still kind of up in there are we actually gonna have church wednesday night or not <laughs> we talked about it and then we left and we talked about it again and we left so i'm not sure what we're doing wednesday night are we gonna do it or not we haven't we did it one time just to, to cook for the kids but it's kind of Mull it over and by the, huh? What everybody right, mull it over and b- before we close out this evening, we'll have to come up with something. If nothing, we've got to tell Madison something. Yeah, she's going to worry. Um, hey, y'all, if you, um, nine o'clock. If you get, a chance, I'm having to do a math real quick. If you get a chance tomorrow morning around nine, you, you pray for us. Um, it's nine, ain't it? Yeah, nine o'clock. State comes, and does their final inspection on our house. So, after tomorrow, if everything passes, then we'll be licensed to adopt, or at least foster. than adopt. So y'all, pray we may. I don't know what'll happen. Okay. Have to. If, y'all, if y'all need to prep and get ready for. You need a rest, don't you? Everybody's got a rest. So <laughs> get ready for Thursday. <laughs> we'll just we'll call it. We just won't we won't. everybody rest with your family Wednesday night. How's that? I'll just say it. We'll just we'll rest Wednesday and, and, and come back Sunday and the following Wednesday we'll come back in. and We're going to look at the three over the next three weeks. We'll look at the um, the three three different takes on the nativity on on the birth. Uh, we'll look at the three different gospels take on it. So that, that'll be our Wednesday night study for the adults, and the kids will be doing be doing a play, getting ready for the play on the fifteenth. Uh, so yes, the play is on the fifteenth, and we'll be doing reads across America on the fourteenth at Mountain Home. We'll talk more about that when we get closer, but uh, that'll just be us going and putting reads on the the headstones of the veterans at uh, Mountain Home over in Johnson City. Uh, think that'll be good and we're still waiting on sugar mountain to figure out what they're doing with the float the floats for uh, the parade on the 14th I, they, they've got they've got to, they've got to get some things in order to make a decision so I'll, I'll i'll keep a post on that one colossians chapter three colossians chapter three we're going to end the month of uh, november last sunday of the month hard believe ain't it what is today? 24th, we're a month away from Christmas Eve. How's that sound? Anybody, is everybody ready? I think anybody's ready. But we're going to close on the same note we opened on, being thankful. Uh, I can't. Again, we just can't be thankful enough for what He has done for us, and, and to be thankful. One of the definitions I looked at this week, to be thankful is to acknowledge that God's grace is good, and He has given it to us out of love for us. So to be thankful is to acknowledge God's good grace, and I believe that's a really good way to put it. It's a good way to end this month, is just to realize just how good God's grace really is, and to be thankful for that good grace. And I was reading in in one of my little books this week. uh, I love to read these little stories to go along with the the verses. But I was reading, and this little girl, I'm sorry, this family was doing breakfast like they always did one morning. And and the dad blessed the food. He asked Grace and uh, got done. And right, like he always done, after he got done asking the blessing, then he started complaining about the food the way it was fixed, and his wife forced him to eat it and everything else going on in the world. So the daughter, his little girl, said, Dad, do you think God heard your prayer this morning when you blessed the food? And the dad said, absolutely. And he said, did you hear what you just said? Do you think God just heard what you said about the bacon and the coffee? And the dad said, yes, of course, I believe he did. He had a little caution in his voice there. He said, I believe, I believe he did. Then his daughter asked, Dad, which did God believe? Did he believe the blessing or the griping? We, do we not all do that at some point? We, we ask God to bless the day, bless Our time together, bless the meal, bless the food, bless the fellowship, bless the church service. We ask God to do all these blessings, ask him to bless all this stuff. But then what's the next words out of our mouth? We talk out of both sides of our mouths a lot of times as Christians. Please bless this. Why in the world is this going on? Why is it so hot? Why is it snowing? Why is it cold? Why is my truck tire flat? Why is my truck out of washer fluid? That's, that was my big gripe this morning. <laughs> I ain't even been driving it in three months. <laughs> Why? Why? We, we do that, though. We, we ble- ask God to bless it, then we gripe about what we have got. We talk. Talk out of both sides of our mouths a lot of times. But when, when we stop and think about it, when we thank God and then gripe about our problems, we're, we're not satisfied. I talked about it, I think, once earlier this, this month, is we're just not satisfied with what we have sometimes. I think it happens because we forget all the blessings that we have. And you know what? I think it is easy to do to forget all the blessings that we have because we have so many. You can talk to people that have a lot of money. They can't tell you how much money they got. They've got so much, they don't know what the exact number is. I don't have that problem. But we do have that problem. Not, it's not a problem, but we do have that in the same boat when we have because we have so many blessings that we don't know how many we have. We've got just an abundance of blessings from God, and I think we take that for granted, and a lot of times we just forget how much he's blessed us and how much He has given us. It's too bad, though, and I've said it all month, and I've always said this. It's just too bad that Thanksgiving is just one day set aside to thank God for what He's given us. Because every day to a Christian is Thanksgiving. Every day that we wake up, we ought to be thanking Him for that new mercy and that new grace and that that renewed love that He has for us every single day. Think about that. It's just it's a shame. Only once a year. It's great that we set aside one day a year to remember things, though. I mean, and I hope you do Thursday. I really do hope you set Thursday aside to remember what he's done for you. I mean, you're going to be, I think the majority of us will be with family. We ought to be thankful for that day set aside. We ought to be thankful for that. I like how we set aside uh, one day a year to remember that God came in the flesh and dwelt with us. I like that we set a day aside for that. I like the fact that we set a day aside, a Friday aside, to remember that crucifixion on the cross of Jesus Christ. I like that we set a day aside to remember that. And I like the fact that we set a Sunday aside so that we can remember his resurrection. We need to be setting days aside so that we can remember things. We can remember the sacrifices and things that that were done for us. We need to acknowledge God's good grace, though, every single day. So every single day for us is God's good grace day. Every single day that, that we wake up and are able to speak and rejoice and be happy and pray and give thanksgiving is God's good grace day. That's the way I want you to remember. Every day is God's good grace day. If you got your Bibles open to Colossians three, stand with me just a moment. We're just going to read a few verses. Colossians three, fifteen. Colossians three, fifteen. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Let's pray. Father, this morning we are thankful. Lord, as, as we went through the, the lesson this morning and, and, and we talked about the joy, Lord, I am grateful, I'm thankful that we can find joy in this journey of life that we're on right now. Lord, we can find the joy knowing that we serve a loving God, we serve a king. It's sitting on high right now, Lord. We serve a master, Lord, that's protecting his flock, his sheep, his, his workers down here on earth. Lord, there's, there's joy everywhere we turn if we would just open our eyes. Lord, we thank you for this time that you've given us to worship. Lord, we thank you for the fellowship uh, that we had yesterday and this morning as well. But, Lord, we just thank you for a community that's come together for one of their own. Lord, to support them. Lord, to show love for them even if they don't know them. Uh, they're, they're Like Keith said, they're our neighbor. And, Lord, I thank you for that. And I pray that to uh, take that what was given yesterday, Lord, and multiply it. Lord, I pray that it be used in, in a way that honor you. Lord, today, again, as we close out this month of Thanksgiving, Lord, I pray that it, that we would just honor you and take a moment again just to, to think about all the many blessings that you've given us. Be with us in this time of worship. Lord, I just want to thank you again for those that are here. Lord, be with those that, that couldn't join us today. Lord, I pray that you protect them and keep them safe. us, in your son's name we pray, amen. You can have a seat. I will say this before we we keep going. There's a card out there in the fellowship hall that everybody that, hopefully, almost everybody that came in signed, just put their name, put a little something on it. If you didn't sign it yesterday, if you can sign it before we leave, before you go home today, that'd be good. I'm going to take it to him on Wednesday, because I can't put that in the bank. (laughs) So I'm going to take it to him Wednesday as I go down for work. Uh, So there's a card I hope it's still out there. Okay. Uh, if you can sign it, that would be good. So this week, in my typical study studies, uh, I come up with a lot of questions. A lot of times I have more questions than answers when I get done studying some of this stuff. But some of the things I thought about this week that I'll ask you and we're going to try to answer uh, this morning. Uh, one of the things is, what does it mean to be thankful? What does it mean for, for us to be thankful as a believer, as a Christian, as a parent, as a church member, uh, as, you know, just someone in general. What does it mean to be thankful? Also, what do we have to be thankful for? Well, we could park on that one for a long, long time. What do we what do we have to be thankful for? And the other one was, how do we show that we are thankful? Just a few things to ponder on. You don't have to answer them. You can write them down if you want to, but... I like that last one. How how do we show? How do we show what we're thankful for? We can stop and we can give thanks just right out in the open. We can do it like we talked about last week. Everywhere we go, out in public, in church, in school, in work, wherever we go, we can stop and publicly give thanks to God. Or when we get in our little prayer closets, go in our little offices when it's just you and God, You still give thanks. Still take that time to to give thanks. But we'll, we'll look at all those here in just a minute and try to answer them. So first thing I want to look at, and I like this one, God's grace. Just God's grace. Just think about God's grace. Should we not be thankful for God's grace? I mean, seriously, folks, think about that grace. He just keeps extending it out to us. He ought not do that. Because look at what we are, old sinners. But because of God's grace, he can continue to love us, and we can continue to to go and and do as we can for him. He just keeps extending that grace out for us. Now, Now, the words thankful and thanks that we just read in these two verses are, and I'm going to get a little teachy here, are compound words. All right, compound words that come from two Greek words, the word for good and the word for grace. Good and grace. That is the background behind when we ask somebody to, to, say, to say grace. I know what y'all are thinking. The blessing. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but that's a, Ethan will get it in a few more years, I'm sure. But that's the background. It is good, grace, thankful good grace. We're thankful for God's good grace. We just run it all together. I'm thankful for God's good grace. I'm thankful for the grace that he continues to give and show each one of us. To be thankful is to, and I said this a while ago, to acknowledge, to be thankful is to acknowledge that God's grace is good. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for every opportunity I get to stop and thank God for his good grace. We don't thank Him enough. We don't think about it. I, I say it a lot because I don't ever want to forget it. I don't mind during a prayer. It might sound like repetition for me, but I don't mind to thank God for His grace and His love and His mercy because I don't ever want anyone to forget it. I don't want to forget it myself, that that mercy's new every morning for the grace that He gives us. For the love that He bestows upon us, so when you pray, if you got something you like to say, often when you pray, do it that way you don't forget. Now I know what the Bible says in Matthew about praying in vain repetition. I understand that, but uh, my aunt, my aunt works with me now, and uh, I think they hired a babysitter. Honestly, I'm not sure why they hired her, but she will not pray. We go if we go out and eat lunch or something. She she says your turn. It's always my turn. And we were talking about it, and and my uncle, her husband, does the same thing. He, He always ends the blessing the same way. Thank you for this meal. Bless the hands that prepared it. Bless this food to our bodies. Our bodies to your service. In your name we pray. Amen. It's the same thing. I don't want to forget that. I don't ever want to forget where that meal came from, who prepared that meal, who gave us that meal. Don't ever forget that. What do you have to be thankful for? That's, that's where I want to look for just a moment this morning. What do you have? What do we have to be thankful for today? First and foremost, if you was to sit there and make a list, everyone of y'all was to get you a big old notebook out and start listing things out. Number one on your list, every, every one of us need to have this, at least those that are saved need to have this on their list, salvation. Salvation. That ought to be first and foremost in every one of a, every Christian's life needs to be salvation. I am thankful for my salvation. And then after that, you put whatever you want to. There's probably an order in there somewhere, and you can list your church and your family and your health and all that you got, but number one on every single person's list needs to be and should be salvation because I can't think of a thing in this world that would top salvation. I mean, think about it. You can't you can't you can't find anything else better than salvation to put on top of the list of things to be thankful for. God's good grace if you think about it, is seen in Jesus and what he done for us. He willingly willingly gave his life for us. Willingly laid down his life on that cross for each one of us, so that we could be cleansed and covered and forgiven of our sins and receive that promise of heaven. And when he rose from that grave and he conquered death and the grave, when he conquered sin for each one of us, he gave us, each one of us, free will. Here is salvation if you want it. Here is Life eternal in heaven, if you want it. He didn't cram it down our throats. He didn't say you have to be saved, or you're going to be saved. But we know we have to be saved if we want that eternal life in heaven. We'll get eternal life one way or the other, but if we want it in heaven. But he gave it to us. He didn't die and rise again so that people could be religious. That's the last thing he wanted us to do, is be religious I don't want to be religious. I hate that question. Y'all ever seen that question? When you, Y'all probably seen it a lot on you in the doctor's offices. Are you religious? I like to scratch it out. No. I got a relationship. That's, I don't mind to do it. I like it. That's a good conversation piece. Not that you're going to have to do that anymore. You're done. You're done. I, I'm not religious. I'm not a religious person. I've got a friend that I'd like to tell you about. I have a relationship with someone that's given me eternal life. Let me tell you about that, not religion, because you got religion, you ain't got much. You got theories most of the time. He gave his life so that we could have a personal relationship with him. Do you have that assurance? Do you have that assurance? If you list out on your your little list of things to be thankful for, is salvation first for you? If you've got something other than salvation there, is it because you just don't have salvation? Because you can always erase that first one and slide that right in there. Do you have that assurance this morning, that blessed assurance? If not, you need to, to get things right in your heart with him. It doesn't matter this morning if your name has been on a church roll for 30 years. Whether it be here or somewhere else. You may have been born and raised in this church. Saved, you thought, in this church. Name on the roster here at this church. But do you really have that blessed assurance? Did you, do you really Do you have things right? Now, I want you to think about this. When we die, and we will, if we don't go by the rapture, when you meet Jesus, when you meet God face to face, y'all realize he's not going to ask you uh, what church did you go to? That's not the words gonna come out of his mouth. He's not gonna look on his on his little list and say, Oh look, Chad Cole, you went to Willow Valley. You, you're a member at Will Valley. You know what he's going to ask you? What did you do with my son? What did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? That's what he's going to ask. He doesn't care what church you went to. He doesn't care that you might be on a roster somewhere. What he cares about is what you've done with his sons. Amen. Did you accept him? Or did you reject him? That's what he cares about. And there's a huge difference in knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus personally. And that you can look at that different ways. I'll give you a good example. And I I don't don't I'm not trying to make this person look like Jesus, so don't take this the wrong way. I'm just giving you an example. Y'all know Franklin Graham, don't you? You do. Ethan knows him. He's shaking his head. (laughs) Y'all know Franklin Graham. I know him personally. There's a difference in him. I think I've told y'all this before. Good Franklin's in Alaska. Evil Franklin's in Boone. (laughs) He's got a he's got different personality depends on where you're at. When you know Franklin personally, he's not the Franklin that you see on Fox News. He's not the one that you hear of. You need to have a relationship with Jesus. I'll be honest with you, it's easier to have a relationship with Jesus than Franklin. Just to be honest with you. And that's a good thing. It's an easy relationship to have with him, with Jesus. You want a relationship with Jesus. That's what matters. To know him. Guys, if you grew up in church, you know about Jesus. Jesus. Every one of us knows about Jesus. We all know that He was born. We're getting ready to get into the month of December. We know He was born in a manger, don't we? Yeah, because we know about Jesus growing up. But at some point, you're going to have to know who He is really know who He is and have a relationship with Him. Do you know about Him or do you know Him personally? I was reading this the other day. A preacher made this statement, and I think it's good. This is an old statement. And uh, I think the world needs to hear it more today. And he said, if Jesus hasn't changed you, he hasn't saved you. There is a change. Me and and, uh, Bob from Crossnore yesterday, we, we had a deep conversation about this yesterday, about the change that a lot of people see. Some people, I've, I know I've talked about before, when, when we was at Beach Valley, we had an individual there. He was saved, and I've seen, never seen a change more immediate in my life than I did with him. But then other people are a gradual change. But one way or the other, once you're saved, there is a change because the Bible tells us that we become a new creature. We become a new creature. The old is passed away. The new is here the new creature, the new in Jesus. So a lot of people in this world need to ask themselves, how has Jesus changed my life? And really think about it and mean it when they they tell people about it. If he's not shaping us, shaping you or any of us into his image on a daily basis, if the Holy Spirit isn't guiding and teaching you to live like him, then we need to stop and think. Then you need to ask yourself, do I know Jesus or do I know about him? There was a a preacher earlier this week, I listened to him on the radio. He said, If everyone who claims to be a Christian truly is, then why aren't we seeing the power of God shown in our lives? That's a deep question. I'm going to read it again. If everyone who claims to be a Christian truly is, then why aren't we seeing the power of God shown? in our lives why aren't we seeing the power of god in our life in, in, the, in the church life i just don't think we're thankful enough anymore i believe when we stop and reevaluate what he has done for us and i mean really stop and think about it and, and thank him for it then i believe we'll see a greater movement in ourselves and in our churches we've got to be more thankful now i'm not saying god ain't working Because if you was here for five minutes yesterday, you know God's working. I seen God work. Did y'all see God work yesterday? I seen God work. Was it for a few hours? No. Because I like to go back, and I like to read those posts back from Kim, from from Ethan's mom. Y'all, if you ain't following her or hearing what's going on, I'm watching my God do a mighty thing in somebody's life. God is working. God is working. I told Rick yesterday, I said, you know what? I I don't know that I've seen an event like this affect a community like it has, to continue to draw churches together and community together and support through prayer, financial, whatever it is. So I know God's working because we just keep witnessing it here in Avery County. John 14, 12 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. So if Christians have truly gave their hearts to Jesus, don't you think Jesus would be doing like he said he would do, greater works than these? Greater works than these. Buckle up and hang on. When you start being thankful, And giving thanks back to him, he says, greater works than these. He's going to use you in a great way. He'll use the church in a great way. So let's be more thankful. Number two, I'm going to look at shedding a little light right here. How do we show our thankfulness for who God is and and what he has done for, for and in us? Well, Paul summed it up with two thoughts right here. I like Paul. I like how he said this. The message in the music. The message in the music. That's how we do it. That's how we, we, we expose or shed a little bit of light on it here. That's how we show our gratitude to Jesus. Message and music. The word and worship. Now, what did he say right here? I, I like how he did this. Paul said it. He, he several different types of music. He said in Psalms and hymns, spiritual songs. If our worship is centered where it needs to be in genuine thankfulness to the Lord, then it says it doesn't matter what songs we sing if it's Christ-centered, if we're thankful when we sing it. there's different songs. Last night I was going through, I got one of those red hymns at the house. I was going through it just thinking about some songs that we could sing and, and and make it not sound so good, besides the fact that I'm singing it, but that's beyond the point. But the song that I come up with yesterday, last night, if we was to sing, It is Joy Unspeakable. I mean, just think about it. Just get monotone. Just get the. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, Full of glory. It's joy unspeakable. And full of glory. The half is yet to be told. There just ain't much love in that, is there? There's no tone in that. There's no, no excitement in that song. But when you get in it, and you really think about the joy that we have, it is joy unspeakable. And full of glory, full of glory, full of glory, joy unspeakable and full of glory. And the last part, I love this right here. He says, and the half has never yet been told. If you get into it and you're encouraged by it and you sing it, it does something to you. It moves you. That's what Paul's talking about. We need to have a a heart of thankfulness when we sing doesn't matter what we sing, but we need to have a heart of thankfulness when we sing and not just so monotone and dreary and bleh. Be happy when you sing. we got, we got a lot to be happy about when we sing. We've got a lot of joy in our hearts when we sing, so let it show. Whether you can sing or not, still let it show. Think about how we sing things and how we worship. If our worship is is not centered in genuine thankfulness to the Lord. it doesn't matter what song we sing. It does not. Now the other side of that coin of gratitude is the message, the word of God, what we are supposed to, what are we supposed to be doing with God's word? Paul's trying to tell us, what, what, are you, what are we supposed to do with God's word? Well he plainly tells us right here, said that it should dwell among us. Dwell among us. Paul's telling us right there, it said it means it should take up residence in our lives and the life of the church. Dwell. It's got to be in us. When we dwell somewhere, we're in it. When we go home, we dwell in our homes. We're in it. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit has got to dwell in us. The worship is in us. It's got to dwell. We've got to have, have it in us for it to work. If God's word ever moves out, then it's time to move on. If the word of God m- moves out of any church, you need to get gone. Because that church ain't going to function. When they start manipulating and turning, or, and I've seen where a pastor will get up and never even crack his Bible open and give a quick five minute devotion after 55 minutes of singing. Don't work. It don't work that way. You need the Word. you got to have the Word. Any church that does not make the Word of God a priority has lost sight of what we've been called to be and to do. The Word of God is our priority. We've got to preach it, and we've got to teach it. We have to. That doesn't mean that the only thing we have to do is preach and teach on Sunday. We're supposed to be living it, too. So, yeah, we've got to preach it what i've been called to do we got to teach it that's what we've all been called to do as disciples we've got to talk and tell people about it but the hard part because we can only we can do that in a two-hour span on sunday and and one hour on a wednesday but here's the hard part we got to live it too we have to live the word when it dwells in us we got to live it we're supposed to be living that paul said that we are to teach and admonish one another with wisdom what does that mean Well, I have a simple definition for you when it comes to wisdom, and it's this right here. Wisdom is the practical application of godly knowledge. Wearsby, that's one of my Wearsby commentaries, says wisdom is the practical application of godly knowledge. In other words, it is to do what God has shown us to do. To do what God has shown us to do. He's shown us to do all kinds of stuff. But we need to apply it. He showed us, but now we got to show others. I say I've said it. No, see one, do one, teach one. That's the way I always taught. I don't know if that's the way you taught Jerry or not in law enforcement. I'm big in that. See one, do one, teach one. See one, do one, teach one. I'd show them how to do it, let them show me how to do it, and then I'd have them show someone else how to do it. I love it. It works that way. We we need to be doing the same thing. See one, do one, teach one. See it in Sunday school. Do it in the church. And then go out and teach people. Go out in the world and show them what you've learned. Teach them what the Word of God has taught Taught you. See one, do one, teach one. Get out there. Admonish. The word admonish right here means to warn, advise, or urge someone earnestly. We don't admonish just to criticize and give people a hard time. Don't do that. We can't do it that way. can't be mean about it. We should admonish people with the Word of God because we all need help living for Jesus on a daily basis. I need it. We go back to God's good grace on that one. I need help daily. Who doesn't? I need help daily from the Holy Spirit. Don't bash people when they're not doing things the way that you think it ought to be done. You go back to the Word of God and make sure that you ain't got the wrong opinion. Make sure you ain't read that wrong. Maybe they are getting it right. Keith touched on that this morning. Really, really good. If you've got a question or a concern about something that's been taught or preached, go to that person with grace with love, with discernment. Approach them. Are you sure that that's what that means? Think about it. Do you think the world is going to come alongside of you and say, hey, you're being a little selfish. Um, you really ought to live for Jesus and others instead of yourself. No, the world ain't going to come up to you and say that. That's not the world that we live in, unfortunately. The world we live in is going to tell you to get all you can in, in, that, in this life, and, and this life is all about you. This life is all about you. Suck it, soak it up. Soak it up because this, it's all about you. This world revolves around you. That's what the world tells us. But I don't mean to bust anybody's bubble about this, but you're really not that important. You're not that important. You might think you are in your own little world you might be the president in your own little world or the ceo in your own little world but you're not that important in this world jesus is what's important that's what we need to have first and foremost in our lives up here is jesus not you i don't care what anybody else has told you this world doesn't revolve around you this This world belongs to its creator, Jesus Christ, and he ought to be the center, the center of everything that we say and do. And it is tough, I know. When we go to work, it's tough. When we go to school, it's tough to make Jesus the center. We tend to lose sight. We get so focused on deadlines or pop quizzes or tests that are coming up that it's so hard to put Jesus in the center. But if we would... I'm not going to say things would be peaches and cream, but it would be a lot easier on us if we would just make him the center of our lives. Because if we would make him the center of our lives, it's a lot easier for us to stay in the center of his will. And that's where we all have to be, the center of God's will. So we've got to make him first, put him in the center. And the last thing, we've got to practice what we preach. Practice what you preach. Y'all ever heard that before? A lot, probably. So, what do we do with this whole issue of thankfulness that we've been talking about? I think we ought to start living what we say we believe. Live what we believe. Show others that are around us what we believe. It talks about it in word and deed, word or deed. I hear one, one, over in verse 17, it says, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Paul's, Paul says, Whatsoever ye do. Whatsoever ye do. Now, It didn't say, Not whatsoever you think. I'm thankful for that. Because our little minds get us in trouble. The things that we think can be scary. He didn't say, whatsoever you wish, because we know what happens with wishes, they ain't true. Wishes don't happen. Not whatsoever you may do someday. Paul said, whatsoever you do do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. There are Christians today who aren't doing anything for Jesus in word or deed. Neither one. You've got to pick one or the other. It didn't say and or. It said word or deed. Word or deed. What are you doing? You can do both. I'd encourage doing both. The more that you can do for him, whether it be word or if it be deed, the more that you do for him, the more uh, the blessings that you're probably going to see. The more that you give, as long as you're giving in the right heart, the blessings, he's just going to continue to pour out on you if you're doing it for the right reason. If you're doing it for self-gain, you're in a whole heap of trouble. Word or deed. Paul said, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you, you catch that? In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord. You don't do that in the church's name you'll get in trouble. You don't do that in your name. You get in trouble. Whatever you do in word or deed, you do it in the name of Jesus, the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. There are Christians today who aren't doing anything for Jesus in either one of those ways, word or deed, and that's that's bad. They've taken his gift of grace that he has given us And they just said thanks and went on thank you and move on there's more to it than just that we've got to do more with his word we've got to do more with his deed thank you and move on we got that's not how jesus wants us to live our lives with just a quick thanks He wants us to live our lives out for Him. Yeah, be thankful. Thank Him. But He wants us to do more with our lives. He's got plans for each one of us, He's got big plans for each one of us. It may be scary for some of us, but whatever those plans are for us, they're perfect. And He wants you to do more than just toss out a Hail Mary thank you and move on with your life. He wants you to do more. We got a lot right here to work with. He's given us an instruction manual right here to use. When it talks about word and deed, here's your word. In the works. I'm a firm believer in works after salvation. After salvation. Y'all caught that, right? Works after salvation. So those deeds that we're doing in his name need help with it here it is get out your manual we're gonna close as we celebrate this this week as we as we start to to look at thanksgiving as we celebrate the goodness that uh god has given us through his grace this this week and and in the past too, we need to stop and, and ask ourselves do do i have a personal relationship with jesus not you just don't have much to be thankful for but once you get that relationship with him you got a lot to be thankful for and secondly brace yourselves am i truly thankful am i truly thankful for what i have am i truly thankful for what he has given me you got a few more days before you're getting ready to gather with your families and, and fellowship and, and do all that you do on Thanksgiving. So I want you to think about that this week. Am I truly thankful, or is this just something I, I've been taught to say? Is this just something that I'm doing it because the rest of the people are doing it? Are you truly thankful for what God has given you and for what he has done in your life? Everybody, stand with me. We're going to close. I was I was dipping out of eggs yesterday <laughs> because somebody just couldn't handle it. I had to go help her. No, it was it was great. <laughs> yeah, she had gravy and grits and. She just had both hands full. But I, I, was, I was standing there between her and Carolyn. And uh, where I, I was at, I got to see almost everybody sitting around. I thought, man. What an honor it is. To be in a church. And in a county, I'll be honest with you, I can't see Watauga County doing what you guys have done over here in Avery for somebody. I ain't bashing them Mon County, but I'm just being honest with you. But it's an honor to serve alongside of you guys, and I'm thankful. I'm, I'm just thankful for y'all and your hearts. And like I said earlier, I'm. I'm thankful that Ange minded the Spirit and done what he said to do. So the Lord's gonna bless her and know in this church for doing what you done. I'm thankful. It's the last Sunday before Thanksgiving. Anybody have anything on their heart before we close? while you broke them no No, the ones that was in the box (laughs) Um, (laughs) it gets you don't it when you look out over a bunch of people and i didn't know any of them but it gets you they all come in to help somebody out that's just amazing well i do thank y'all um again for yesterday Thank you for your, your love and your support um, I, I've got a list I could I could go and go and go but I'm, I'm just I'm thankful for this church and and y'all's hearts and y'all keep it up. y'all keep it up and uh, I'm, I agree with Jerry I'd love to see a hundred here in one Sunday and I believe it'll happen one day I really do But y'all just pray pray without season. Will you dismiss us, please? Father, we thank you for your love and grace. God, as we go into this week, we Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for what happened yesterday, God, forgiving and loving and the care that was shown. God, go with us, forgive us when we fail you, and Lord, bless him this week of Thanksgiving. Amen. All right, we'll see you all next Sunday.